listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Hello. Hello. It's just you and me, baby. Just you and me. I know, right? Like old times. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I know this has been a minute since you and I have recorded just solo. Well, not solo. What does it mean if it's just you and I? Because solo would be just me. <laughs> Is it a duet? Wait, what do we call yeah. it? So it's already starting really, starting off really well. I can't. Um... <laughs> you, we go on vacation, get sick, go yes. do work things. And literally, yes. we're back at three years ago. We're like yeah. we're literally at square one. Yes. Yes. So we can start talking about Thanksgiving food again. So it's going to be perfect. Yeah. I think that was like one of our first episodes was Thanksgiving food. So that's right. All right. So new year, new us. So it's 2024. That's right. Jackie's got the coolest Bob happening right now. It's, uh, if you aren't looking, watching on YouTube, you should probably go onto YouTube just to check out, uh, the, sassy britches that is jackie right now because she's got the coolest uh sexy like gray bob happening and i'm just i love it it. it. it's like an ombre yeah ombre black like gray i don't listen yes i um was bald for a couple years and then i was in las vegas for my sister's birthday and she had this wig sitting there and i was really feeling myself Oh, you should. You should because it's hot. You look freaking hot. So I I support your sister in this decision that, that she bought it and gave it to you. Or you That's stole right. it from her. One of the two. Well, a little bit of both. Okay. Bit of both. That's fair. That's fair. I steal stuff from my sisters all the time. Or I used to when I was a kid. Not so much anymore. Um, right. I just steal my Tupperware. That's really all. Um, so you've been a world traveler. Yes. Literally... Um, just got back from New York. I literally went to New York like four times in as many weeks. Yeah. Which is kind of like the world. Yeah. But it's, well, yeah, it absolutely is. How are you feeling mentally focusing? Okay. So it's 2024. We know all of the crap that happened last year around DEI and, you know, POTUS or no, not POTUS. Uh, sorry. Penny is getting up into her new spot. Um, uh, the, uh, Supreme court, all of these things. So tell me how, what's, what's new and exciting. What have you heard? What is making you excited about DEI in 2024? I think what's really, really important is that, that people are not considering is that we're still having layoffs. We're still having, you know, people that are looking at what we can we do best for the organization. I don't think it's, this isn't really exciting, but I think that what I'm hoping is that there will be a drive to fairness. If you don't, people don't want to call it DEI, that's okay. You don't want your employees leaving the organization saying, well, you don't care about me because I am blah, blah, blah. And that's why you let me go. And we know that you publicly said that you don't like DEI. And so all of those things, like I don't feel like people are understanding that they're putting themselves at risk. And the reason I say exciting is because I feel that there will be a resurgence of how we can actually get finally past the D to the the E, the I and the B that 
has actually incorporated this work and get over the optics um, and actually showcase more of the work because people can say all day like, oh, I don't want, you know, like DEIB, just that phrase sounds like poison. Mm-hmm. But what gets me excited is that you're going to have to double down to prove that you don't need regulation in order to, to show that this is something that doesn't have to go back to the Supreme Court. And you are just one freaking sugar cube away from this being a total resurgence. So right. I don't know. Is that a good thing to be excited about? Potential trauma? That doesn't sound like fun. But you know where I'm going. Yeah, I do. And I, I think I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly that I think it's also there is a I feel like there's a difference now between people who were making the statements when this was such a hot topic and now it feels like the real work is happening kind of that's that right no longer a pretty pretty oh hey shiny dei thing it's no but seriously how do we have like inclusion in such a way that people feel truly like they are, are are a part of the conversation. And I think, you know, there are some, as we know, very recent examples where that was not the case, as we've seen, you know, in especially in higher ed, where, you know, you've had women who have been placed into positions that they had zero opportunity to actually succeed um, and, you know, have gone through that trauma. And I think it's highlighting what I think we've tried to be high, tried to highlight for so, some time of you can go and hire 10 wonderful, amazing, brilliant black women. But if you don't have the structure behind it to actually support those women and to create an environment where they can be heard, be seen, and their ideas taken into consideration and taken into account, it's never going to work. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that people are truly at a point now, like at this turning point or whatever you want to call it of let's actually do the work in such a way that it's inclusion, not diversity for the sake of diversity. It's the optics that get in there and you're forcing activism because if I can't go to the university of Texas at Austin, because I don't feel safe because I, you just shut down the, you know, Latina trans engineers group then I'm going to go Berkeley. Right. Period. Like, that's okay. Right. Right? So you're making I it. I Berkeley, but I mean. I don't know if it's Berkeley, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, 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 like for an example, and we know with sweet baby TJ, like he's in Austin. His girlfriend goes to UT. They are having all of this upper upheaval through their student government. Flash forward, TJ, he goes to an HBCU in Austin, has his, because of being inclusive, stays at St. Edwards, the Catholic University in Austin. And so that in and of itself, and integrating these two communities where they eat together and they spend time together, is like, you can do whatever you want to over at UT, but if you want to feel safe, you can come over here. And this is what we're doing at this university that's like five minutes away. And I feel like especially, um, you know, you're you're making it easier for people to know where they should go and vote for their feet, especially when 
Like there will, I feel like there will be a second reckoning. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to have those major traumas where somebody has to die in order to do this. It's I'm going to look for the organization that is going to be able to support me. And I think prime examples are those leaders. I Now let's talk about this. I think you might find this interesting. So we see these leaders that are at these organizations such as Disney or Netflix or Target and all of these people leaving solid leaders and going to industries that have that intention, places that have that intention that were built in order to share the messages of underrepresented people and others are following them. Others are following those leaders, right? And I think what we're seeing, and you can look at um, even with like Deion Sanders and his boys, how they went to an HBCU and then they went to another thing. It's mm -hmm. like you have all of these groups that did what you said to do, right? I went to, I followed the rules, I went to college, I got my degree, I worked at a top company, and you're still not giving me those opportunities. So I will create those opportunities. We will have, the, and others will go there and to support that we haven't seen in years past. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. And, and I think that's the piece that I feel like people are actually waking up to this topic in a different way. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to paint some, you know, rose colored glasses. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Don't look over here. Everything's fine. Um, cause there are, there's still a ton of work, but I think there's just some nice things that are showing up. Like I, I'm going to give an example, a recent example. So the backlash and I want to call it backlash, but just the like kind of not excited and not happy about the Joe Coy, uh, you know, his kind of dogging of Taylor Swift and dogging of the women of Barbie. And, you know, some of these things where you do look at that and you go, yeah, it's not cute anymore. No one thinks that's cute. No one thinks that's cool, but it isn't, at least I don't feel like it's like, it's not a, oh, Joe Coy's getting canceled. It's just a Dude, really, that's not funny. So be funny. Like, if you're going to be funny, be funny. Um, and so it's just very interesting to see and hear some of these topics. And for me, I so I just recently uh, was in Germany for some work stuff. And I'm sitting around a table with folks from, I think, like eight different countries, European countries, plus some folks from the U.S., myself included, and and it was like this is so fascinating because so many of us were talking about like one of the guys was like talking about on the weekends he goes and hikes in the Alps, and I was like <laughs> I just hike in my backyard in Arizona not anymore though <laughs> because I'm broken but you know like theoretically, um and so like talking about some of this different stuff and and how diversity is being perceived and people ask me a ton of questions about diversity in that type of environment and it's the you know hey, they might all be white men sitting around the table. However, the country of origins, the backgrounds, their experiences are very different, which is not a defensible, like, oh, this is real diversity, but it is a 
it's another facet and it's another conversation and it's another piece to the puzzle. And I think that's something that um, also makes me happy is that like people recognize that. And it was like a, wow, we have a lot of representation here from a lot of different backgrounds, even though it, you know, you look around the table and you could go, oh, they are all related. Um, I think, I think it's important. I agree with you because what we're understanding is, is, is we are looking to embrace people's differences. Whereas maybe 30 years ago, you would have gone to another country and then everyone's going to default or fold to the U.S. representative who has the biggest ear. And mm -hmm. instead, they were like, since you're going to be responsible and you have the ear of the person, you know, our CEO, or you are the here to actually drive sustainable change and inclusion, let me tell you what my experience is like. Yes. Mm hmm Right. And let me tell you how I can support. And it's and what people also are recognizing is that we're all coming to this place of uncertainty. But I know the best way of getting there is if I can support you and you can support me. Absolutely. And so we have people supporting each other, whereas the thing that we started doing when all of this went down in 2020, even when we started hopping on to do Inclusive AF was let me tell you a little bit more about my experience. Mm -hmm. And as much as, as I think you and I were both guilty where it's like, really? Like you didn't know that, you know, <laughs> insert stupid trope here. Um, yeah. No, we realized people really didn't. And right. now people recognize at the very least, the fact that someone could recognize that I might have a different experience at all is progress. Absolutely. Well, it, it's, it's recognizing, acknowledging, but also believing that you have a different experience. Because I think that's also part of it is when you would sit down with leaders and you'd say, this is the experience of black men at your company. They'd be like, oh, well, is it? I mean, it wasn't that way for me. So is that really the issue? Do you really think that's a problem? And you're like, that's their experience. Like they aren't making that up. They aren't just saying that, like it's happening. But I also think it's the that acknowledgement, but also I can honor you better if I don't just go, let me support Jackie, but it's also saying, Jackie, what can I do to support you? So it's not just going, oh, what Jackie needs is X, Y, and Z. It's going, Jackie, what would be the best thing? And I think you and I are both in environments where that is happening now, where it truly is. You have someone and someone's asking you, what do you need? How can I best support you versus, oh, well, what I needed in her role or what I needed when I was at her stage of her career was this. And so that must be what she needs. So there's not that assumption of what you need is the same as what I need as well. That's right. I agree with you there. And I feel like I don't, what is people, the way that I've always implemented like these types of, um, things is slow is the fastest way to get there right mm -hmm. um because we know when things happen or when you have these traumatic traumatic things happen and you're trying to do things overnight it is so unorganized and disjointed and then it's unclear and then you have this immediate response where people haven't gone through strategy and have these things thought out that's what we're seeing right now mm -hmm. is, is I don't want to 
upend and then not have any outcomes. And I think it's because it's not measurable. But it also allows people to know that this is a whole ass job, right? Yes. This yeah. is you. You the qualification can't be. Oh, the only qualification you need is to be a member of one of these groups in order to understand what millions and millions and millions of people have been discussing uh, the challenges at work. And they can actually look at some of the science. But then on the other side, people who have been saying and doing this work forever are being taken a task as well of, OK, we do this thing because the experts said to do this thing. What is the output supposed to look like? Yep. And what has been the joke or what has been, um, what have we been been sold to as something that's a positive thing for DEI? But it really isn't. Mm -hmm. That's really not the answer. And not all of those conversations are fun. But I've been looking at, there's another point of view that has happened. Um, that has come out of this where it's like, you're not, I don't, you can't just like super liberals try to define these things either. Like you're not understanding it from either one of these major extremes. Mm -hmm. um, and we're starting to see people on, you have the people that were like overly performative, but then you have the people that mask by looking like they're really active, but not doing anything. It's like giving people socks but no shoes on the other side. Right. It, it, and I think the amount of money that has been, and I'm going to use the word wasted, but, and that might not be the right word, but the amount of money that has been wasted on those performative activities when so much of what actually needs to happen is free. And, and right. when I go into organizations, and, and I don't mean you shouldn't pay for someone to come in and help you with this because we've already talked about that a gazillion times that that's not the case, but it's more the idea that how are you treating the people in your organization today? How are you giving them career opportunities? How are you talking about them when they're not in the room? All of those things that cost nothing that we just have not been good at doing in the past and helping leaders to understand how critical that is. And even, you know, I, I'm trying to build in this new organization, this conversation around feedback. And I've been in environments where feedback was mandatory and was given to the point where it was like, it didn't mean anything anymore. And I've also been in organizations where people did not get feedback at all until they got their review. And then they were like, wait, what? How? I thought I was great. And now I'm getting this poor performance review. So I think even just some of these little things that people like Kieran have been talking about for years and, and other folks that it's the, how do you give good feedback? How do you have conversations around development? Just some of those, what I would say kind of basic topics. However, they are now, I, I just feel like people are more aware of the importance of them. And again, I'm making a sweeping generalization because I don't think everyone is, but I think people are seeing the importance of it. And again, it's not the super liberal, hey, everyone gets a pony. Even um, though I would love a pony. True that. Yeah, I would also love a pony. Um, the puppy right now is on the counter, um, just so we're all on the same page here, listening in to the Inclusive AF podcast. Siren, 
Ooh, Lord. Siren's in well, trouble. Siren's in trouble. Here's the problem. I just got a new couch. And so the old couch is sitting in the hallway, basically, so he can climb on the couch and then get on the counter. And so he thinks he's very fancy. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to tell you, because I never, I do not do this um, as long as we've ever known each other. I would say, so at Textio, we launched another product um, called Textio Lift that helps with feedback. And I will tell you, it has been life-changing for me of understanding what good feedback is, how I communicate even with my children. Like I have been in this space for a really long time. We're going to continue to try to build tools that do that. I don't usually talk about Textio unless it's relevant. So like this isn't a sales pitch. This is just my personal testimonial. We're yeah. looking at this product and we have to have clear, actionable feedback. And I just learned, I was this many years old when I learned like the worst possible feedback that you could give somebody is you're doing a good job right? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. What? Exactly. Right? Like, what is good about it? And why is that relevant? And what does that have to do with my job description? And is this something that you've expected? And how can I continue to do a good job? Like, so now it's like, even in a rush, since day one, in looking at the things that were flagged to say, you need additional help in these areas to make sure this is good and actionable feedback, change the way that I communicate feedback and also makes me feel more confident that when I give that feedback, it's something that's clear um, and I'm not basing it on like my own anxiety, which has been. That, that's been the joke for years that I've said to people like in giving feedback is the whole, you know, you sit down with your boss and it's the, you're doing a great job, keep doing what you're doing. And you're like, cool, if I'm doing a great job, where's my raise? Where's my promotion? Where's my, you know, start the list of all the Oh, things. I didn't say it was a great job. Exactly. And then it's job. like, oh, well, wait a minute. What I really meant was you still have 20 different things. And then you're like, oh, right. okay, this is what I need to work on. Thank you for at least acknowledging that there are things that I need to work on. But I, I also would say one of the things I, I have a fairly, um, uh, I won't say junior level. Uh, I won't say not as tenured team. And, and so it's been so fascinating also to talk to them and I am giving them feedback and, and it is, I think they're slightly shocked by it at times because it is, I, I am a, as, as some might know, I'm a slightly direct. Oh, <laughs> and no. so, you know, and obviously delivered with kindness and with the best intentions of like, Hey, no, I want you to get better at this. So I'm going to tell you the things. Um, but it's also, I have had my peers have been shocked when I've given them feedback or talked to the, the CEO and given him feed, like, and they've, and I'm not like coaching him in front of others. Cause that's, I would never, but like, it's more of like, Hey, but wait a minute. Like, why are we doing it this way? Let's talk about that. Or can we have a conversation about that? And I'm trying to model what, what I know he wants, but also what I know we all need to be doing to help him get better. So it's the, like, there's so many different nuances to it, but, um, Jackie, 2024, Damn. it's January. Now there is a conference going on today and tomorrow that, uh, I know, did you already do your, you already did spoke or you speak tomorrow? Hi, my name is Sarah and I want to tell you about my podcast called 
Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. No, I speak tomorrow. Today I'm doing a hackathon and uh, going to be going over some things. So tonight is the hackathon for the inclusive. Oh, did you get that? Nope. Jackie froze on us. <laughs> All right, Jackie, come back to us. My internet connection is unstable. I'm Dang just it. unstable. Um, aren't we all? Um, Please hold. Uh, I'll come right back. Yeah. No, no, you're there. You're there. You're good. All right. Oh, okay. What's the conference um, called? So it's in Collusion by Design and or Inclusive by Design. Um, which is Rocky Howard has launched a new organization called Diversiology and has put on a two-day conference that's called Inclusive by Design, which is really going through of re-imaging DEI to drive impact and looking at how we can re-image DEI with a different framework so that we can be sustainable and do those things to move forward. So that has been, the speaker list is absolutely ridiculous there's 35 speakers first of all for these like 15 minute pitches and it's like what like huh (laughs) yeah so this it's inclusive by design is a conference now by the time this airs it will be over but what i would say to everyone listening is if you're not connected to rocky howard connect with her immediately um because she like if this is any indication of some of the stuff that she's going to be doing with this new organization that she's launched, uh, wow. Like I, I literally was looking at the lineup and I'm like, holy Hannah, Batman, like every single person that you want to hear from that has a voice that is doing just amazing stuff in this space is there and is speaking and it's awesome. So uh, super excited to to hear. I have been kind of jumping in as a day to day and doing the same thing yeah. tomorrow. Um, but please, you know, if, if, and I don't know if they're going to be doing replays or how, uh, how they'll be handling that, but connect with Rocky and definitely jump in for the next one. Um, what are some other conferences that you're excited about this year? You know, I, I don't know. I really am trying to focus on stuff that can really help. Like I've been really concerned about a lot of these mini conferences and all of these, like, cute Lollapalooza, whatever type, like hug it out conferences. Not that hugging isn't great, right. but in this world of COVID, maybe we can do some things where we're not just hugging and we can get down to the work of this. So I think what I am, uh, I'm always excited about um, seeing like, HR Tech is still going to be a go-to conference for me of seeing the different technology where it was going. But what I learned last year that I'm excited about for this year is actually Black Men in Tech 
conference. They have one that was yes. really great last year and was um, diverse, diverse topics. I mean, I'm not a black man and I'm not like looking for a job in, in tech, but the content and seeing the, the conversations that people are having, I think are, are really great and seeing more opportunities for people to look like me to have conversation, real talk about how can we negotiate the space. Mm -hmm. And I found it really be beneficial in this way. But I don't know. Are you excited about any conferences? So I, I think both of the ones you mentioned at some point in time, and I, I try to be very, very cognizant that this is not my not my place. And what I mean by that is not that I would not be welcomed, but that I would rather folks on the team attend these. Afrotech is a conference that I've always watched from afar and gone, at some point in time, I wanna be there just to see it because every piece of it looks so cool. And also like we have some of our friends that like, uh, you know, Ashton DJs for it. And, you know, we yes. have different things going on that like just are super, super cool. Um, and I agree with you, HR Tech is just always such a good one because there are, A, we get to see a lot of our people, but it's not just a stand around and talk to the people you know. You're going out and speaking to folks that are building these like new cool things that you're like, wow, I had never thought of that and we really need that. Or some of them you're like, huh, interesting. I don't know if that's going to fly, but okay. Um, but there are so many that are so good that you're like, this would be cool if you could also plug it into that. And and I just think that team does a good job of pulling like George, you know, running his uh, pitch fest, I think is so cool because like you get to see some neat, cool ideas and a lot of them. I think he's had a lens of DEI for a while. And so he's trying to pull in diverse voices and diverse, you know, groups that are building cool stuff, different startups. Um, and I think like the other one for me, so this is just, and this is a kind of a selfish one. I'm going to be a panelist at CloudFest uh, in March and it's in Germany and we're, it's like the first time they're really, and I shouldn't say, this is one of the first panels they'll be hosting around DEI. And again, in a very different environment than maybe here in the U.S. So they have CloudFest in Austin every year, but they also, um, you know, have, uh, they also have, you know, some good options for um, how how to actually think about, you know, diversity in a different way in Europe. So those are kind of the two that are front of mind right now. But I think there's also just some other stuff that's kind of percolating that I'm watching from the the sidelines to see how it, uh, you know, kind of how it starts and how it kind of uh, how it all comes together. Um, cause there's also, there's a conference that a few of us will be attending, um, a little bit later in the year. Um, I think it's in April. Um, and there's just like some, some good stuff that like new conferences and new faces and new speakers that you haven't heard from before, which makes me happy. Cause that's always something that I, I like to see is new voices that we haven't heard from before. Yes, I can appreciate that. And I think more than conferences i'm excited about doing the work i you know i i have been networking and looking and listening and i am excited about you know reaping some of these seeds that have been planted in the ground you know yeah um so uh 
I think that the pieces I, uh, I would also say, um, I, I want to make sure that as folks are, are going into this year, and obviously a lot of people are either goal setting or have set their goals, set their idea of what they want to do from an education, from a conference, from all of these things, is keep an eye on, out on LinkedIn for those new voices. And, and all of the folks that we've always recommended, yourself included, Rocky, you know, uh, you know, some of these other, uh, Tara is another one. Um, there's just so many different voices out there that you can follow who are recommending those new and different conferences and new people to follow and listen to, which I think is just a critical piece to the entire puzzle. But I, I think there's just some good stuff coming up in this year, but it's still, it's, you know, the, it's the, the battle is not, the battle might be won, but the war is still going on or whatever the expression is. <laughs> is that uh, even close to what the expression you know, is? Uh, yeah. And I, yeah. What is it? Race <laughs> maybe won, but not the marathon. What is it, Jackie? What's the I saying? don't know, but I like that. We'll say yeah. that. Whatever it is. Um, but like, I think that's a piece too, is I hope that anyone doing this work got to take some time off over the holidays to uh, reinvigorate, unplug, have a quiet time, nap, do whatever they needed to do to, to get ready for this year. Cause it's still going to be hard work, but it's just, you know, it's, I feel good about how we're starting off and I'm hoping for the best. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. And I think, you know, I, I feel really solid about what we are going into i think that we also need to protect each other right we know especially within these election years yes. it can be really stressful there is i mean we can talk about the things that we're really excited about but there's other things that i'm really nervous about as well um and i don't i i just think that it's going to be important to support each other and know that we're doing the good work and make sure that you can connect with other like-minded people. Um, I uh, have gone through a million um, conferences and wanted to kind of look at these relationships to kind of build and enhance on these relationships. But if you haven't had the opportunity to do that and you do now, um, do take those opportunities to go and meet other like-minded people. Look at the agendas and let people know that the, these agendas that you appreciate and nurture those relationships because it's going to take all of us to be able to get these things together. Uh, 100%. And uh, connect with the people that are speaking because even if you don't get to meet them at the conference, because you know a lot of times the speakers will have four or five, ten people waiting to speak to them, if you connect with yes. them on LinkedIn and then send them a note, hey, I heard you at this conference and you were awesome. Those those land really, really well with folks and they appreciate it. So anyhow, all right, here's to 2024, Jackie. Um, Should I pick up my Pepsi gonna, now? Yeah, I'm going to raise my squirt. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> Pepsi or squirt. But if they wanted to sponsor us, we would be happy with that. Um, but uh here's to 2024 right cheers uh this is katie van horn and this is jackie clayton bye, bye.
You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy, and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.